88, a new year for me, a new year for Damien, like two snakes forever eternal. Well, Mr. Fuji and Sika, we'd like to invite you to a New Year's party, especially for you, where I plan on changing your futures <laughs> with Damien and the DDT. Hey, Greg, what do you get when you combine Coco Beware and his bird Frankie? I don't know. Hey, one bird and one bird brain. <laughs> And tonight, I'm gonna scramble him with the hammer. Strike hard. Strike first. Strike, Strike first, first Bolsheviks beware. Tonight, there's gonna be a real Russian revolution. But it'll be your heads that will roll. But to all our fans, here's wishing you a happy new year from the Bolsheviks and Mr. Slick. Peace, brothers. You humanoids better take notes, because I'm only going to say this once. The last time on the main event, the referee forced Andre the Giant to leave the arena. Well, that's not going to happen tonight, because I'm stepping aside. Officially, Andre the Giant will be in the corner of King Kong Bundy. And you know what you call that? You call that Bundy mania. Bundy! 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 mania! That makes me sick just hearing the word. Cheap shot, cheap victory. You're not for real, King Kong Bundy. But I can tell you one thing, man. The prayers, the vitamins, the training, Hulkamania is for real. And even if I gotta go through that big, nasty giant who's been officially put in your corner, I'm gonna prove Bundamania's dead and Hulkamania lives forever. How was um, Armageddon 99? Oh, mate. Oh, it was horrendous. <laughs> really? <laughs> it yeah, was terrible. absolutely horrendous. Where's it ended up, Tinky, on the list? It was the same as Survivor Series 2010. Oh, my yeah, God. The same score. Yeah. yeah, same score. It's that bad. It really is bad. And I was thinking about it after. I was like, to be honest, part of me thinks we should have done half marks ages ago because it probably needs to be distinct from Survivor Series 2010 because it's probably worse. Yeah. Well, to be fair, I did try and be a trailblazer yeah. and bring in the half marks. So I'm, I'm looking at the um, the rundown, you know, of it on Wikipedia, and like I can think of at least a couple of matches that don't sound like they would be absolutely awful. But mainly, Valvina defeating the British Bulldog and Dino Brown. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's probably the worst match on the show. <laughs> oh my god, really? Yeah, it's fucking terrible, it's horrendous. But what was so so bad about it? Like, what was so awful about it? Well, obviously, our listeners will already know what our thoughts about this was because we discussed it on last week's show but of course because you haven't heard it yet because it's not out as we're recording this um we'll give you our quick summary of it this is a bit like a previously on the random wrestling review but anyway here goes um first of all the opener is about royal second match is kurt angle before they properly established kurt angle as Kurt Angle. Yeah. Then there's the what the the women's match, which is Mr. Kitty defeated Ivory. Yeah, it's it's a 
evening, gown e- evening gown swimming pool match, and it's absolutely fucking atrocious. Then what is it next? Viscera, is it Viscera? The, yeah, the Viscera and Rikishi versus the Hollies. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, then triple threat. The triple threat match no. is absolutely horrific. The Jericho China match was I thought quite good, although Ron Man didn't like it. Kane what? versus X back. Oh yeah, it's not good. Yeah. It's not like a good match. It's far. It's no. It's not as good as their match at No Way Out 2000 by some way, I would suggest. Yeah. Then you got Rock and Sock versus the New Age Outlaws. Lifeless. Really? Yeah. yeah. Completely lifeless. Big Show versus Big Boss Man. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> Classic. Well, yeah. Singles match for the WWF Championship. Three minutes yeah. long. The, the biggest. The biggest thing about that though is that. Uh, on the way to becoming the number one contender for the title, Big Boss Man pinned The Rock. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And then we got Triple H defeated Mr. McMahon in a 30-minute match. Yeah. It speaks for itself, doesn't it, really? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Fucking hell. I, it was just bad. It's just it's just really, really bad from start to yeah. finish. Soul-crushingly bad. Like, it, Survivor Series 2010 was bad, but in terms of wrestling... Mm. <laughs> probably a lot better than Armageddon 99 overall. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just not good. You'll hear all about it next uh, when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, you will. But it is not a good show at all. Well, um, and, and obviously it, it was a seven hour bonanza, wasn't it? Just for Tommy, we went extra long. Hello, hello, it is the Random Wrestling Review and we are edging closer and closer to the end of the year with Christmas right around the corner as we take on Saturday night's main event 14. Joining me today is a gentleman who floats like a butterfly and stings like a bee, but due to his age has to get up ten times a night to pee. It's old man Sam Carey. How are you doing, old man? Oh, I'm all right, mate. I'm just going to pop off our piss now quickly just, uh, just before this all gets going. I'm very good. I'm glad that the band's back together. Yeah, old Tom, we, we, we missed him last week, but he's back today, and he is a man who eats lightning and craps thunder, but when you show him a match with Dutch Mantel, it's sure to make him chunder, it's Tom Smith. <laughs> yeah, very nice, it's true, it's true, Um, they say you can't capture lightning in a bottle, you can fucking capture it in a stomach though, which I've done many times, and i tell you what, <laughs> calling some of those dumps that I've done in the past thunderous would be understatement of the century. Do you know where that uh, quote comes from? I've heard it. But I didn't know what's from. Well, it might be from something else, but I've most, most mainly heard it from Rocky, the Rocky films. Uh, Mick, Mickey says to him, "You're gonna eat lightning and crap thunder." It's great. There lots of protein in um, lightning. Do you think? <laughs> Possibly. I, <don't> know. <laughs> I thought it, I thought you were going down the. Do you know why people say you have a thunder or shit? Then a bit disappointing, to be honest. I when you were know. like, it comes from Rocky. I was like, I can Sylvester Stallone going, oh, just had a thunderous crap. Adrian. Wanna see it, Adrian? <laughs> and then he comes out and says, Yo, Adrian! I did it! <laughs> Just this tray and a toilet roll attached to one of his boxing boots. <laughs> Terrible. Wonderful. We started with the toilet humour early today, um, and that is pretty much part of the course, really. So make sure you come and join us over on social media, RWR Pod UK. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, and you'll get more of that kind of material uh, over there as well. So, boys, today we're we're back right in the heart of Tom's 
soft place. He's, he's, mm. He absolutely loves this. Saturday night's main event, late 80s. This is this is what it's all about. So I guess we'll go start with you, Tom, in terms of your expectations. So my expectations are, I think there's going to be lots of interview segments, a couple of short matches, and some mean gene awesomeness is what I'm expecting. You've um, I... you've, got, you've got his name wrong there. It's, 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 it's mean gene Oakland. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, do you know what? It shouldn't be. It should be Mean Gene Awesomeness, because that guy's a fucking... He is. He really is the guy, isn't he? Uh, but the, the only thing the only thing that I, I will say about this is that I was kind of thinking to myself, I know exactly how this is going to go. Because <laughs> this, this we've done, what, two or three? This is the so, fourth one. The fourth one, yeah. And I know exactly how it's going to go, even down to the point where... At the end of the show, I know we're going to have a break, be welcomed back by Vince, and then go again. Yeah. So I was a little bit like, as much as I love this time period, I'm starting to think to myself, am I getting a little bit bored of Saturday Night's Main Events? I think the <laughs> next time we do one of these, we need to have a little um, a little kind of bet going on about how many promos Hulk Hogan will do yeah. during the course of the show. And then, and then the loser, next time we're all out together, gets pantsed. What does that even mean? That means that we run up behind you because you'd lose. <laughs> and we pull your trousers down so you just left in your pants. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, and the but, hope is is that you do it while you're while you're taking a step and then you fall over and you're writhing on the floor with your trousers no. around your ankles and your panties hanging out, the little tiny no, no, ways no. with the little no, no, brown no. sting. No, 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 I'm not having this. What you've got to do is throughout the night, there's got to be, you've got to have however many Hogan segments that there are, you need to stand there somewhere in a public place and do Hulk Hogan's poses. And in one of those four times, you could get pants. Oh, that's terrible. So your bet, yeah. Tom, is four, by the sounds of things. Yeah. Oh, what? So are we doing this now, then? Well, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Yeah, but you that... said four as if, as if that would be your bet. Mm. Well, I think, to be fair, I think that's a safe guess. There's usually, there's usually one at some point in the beginning, a pre- and post-match, and one at the end. Mm. Usually. Usually. I don't think we're going to get that on this show, though, Tom. Saturday night's main event 14. Oh man, what was your thoughts? Quite honestly, I wasn't looking forward to this. These have, uh, a bit like Tommy said, that the uh, the little shines come off a little bit. Um, yeah, I haven't really enjoyed the last couple that we've done of these, to be honest. I found them quite crap, I think is probably the way that I'd put it. <laughs> well, I've just found them really quite dull. And like Tommy said, I know what I'm getting with the structure. I know exactly what I'm getting. There's going to probably... The an early earlier match that's going to go a little bit longer, and then you're going to get the obviously the main event is always a very short match at the end because they always shoehorn this guy Hogan in the middle. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to this to be honest, Lance. <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh Miss James. Um, <laughs> so I probably um, agree with you, old man. Like we have seen, this is the fourth one now, and I didn't like the last couple. To be honest, though, I found myself kind of hoping for something more akin to Saturday Night's Main Event One, which I gave a one out of ten um, and thought was a dreadful show, than what we've had, where I've given it maybe four or five out of ten, simply because. That's less predictable. <laughs> the, <laughs> that 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 really bad show where it had the kind of the, the Mother's Day thing that went on at the end of don't it. Don't start me on that again, Tinky. 
Well, but like it was just a little bit different, wasn't it? It wasn't the same formula, or, you know, the same thing's going to happen right the way through. So I was I was kind of hopeful for more like that. But the other problem I had for this one was that I've actually realised I'd watched this one before, um, funnily enough, just before recording. So I was looking through the little schedule that we've got of future shows and found that the one, the show we're covering next week, I had reviewed on my website that originally inspired the name of this podcast, The Random Wrestling Review. I was like, oh, that's a bit silly. I've, I've put that one in you know i've already i've already watched that it was six years ago but i already watched it like so it won't be it won't be a new one and then i saw this one i was like i've done this one too so we have two in a row that i have previously done a proper review of so i was kind of like oh that's that's even worse because i'm i'm already not expecting much from this i couldn't remember a lot about it if i'm honest mm. even from that review but still um it was still something i'd watched before well it means you've got a light week doesn't it Next week, then just read your review and be like, "There you go, have that." <laughs> I did consider that, but you know that wouldn't be that wouldn't be professional of me, so can't expect that to happen. I shall be watching much like yourselves. Good lad. You mean naked and crying? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I watch most of them. So why not? <laughs> So this is Saturday Night's Main Event 14. It is It was recorded in uh, December, but actually didn't air until the following year, uh, New Year. So this is a New Year version of Saturday Night's Main Event, despite it, it being recorded in early December. And it's a four-match card, as we've as you probably came to expect. It's going to be four or five matches. So we start with where we usually start, which is the various straight-to-camera promos with graphics in the background. We've got Jake Roberts, Greg Valentine, Jimmy Hart, Strike Force, the Bolsheviks, Bobby Heenan, King Kong Bundy and Andre the Giant doing their stuff before Hulk Hogan does his res- response to Bobby Heenan. Can I uh, just say something? So, can you remember the episode of Saturday Night's main event that we reviewed, in which I think it was Hulk Hogan versus Harley Race was the main match? I think is the the one that follows this one. It is. And for a, it's not a Byron fact of the week. My bit of trivia though, that is the very event that remember Ken Patera comes from. I believe. Yeah. Because he has a match in the main event against One Man Gang, well, I believe. Well, oh, that was a <laughs> classic. Quite, no, quite nice bit of continuity there. You know, well, it's not really continuity, but it's just something I noticed when I was looking, looking, doing my research, doing my notes. The other thing about that show was it was the follow-up to the main event, which is the biggest television audience in American wrestling history. And this is yeah. the build-up to that main event show. So that's kind of interesting too but yeah that that was also the show where ken patera being in the match against one man gang we had a debate about whether it was indeed the main event just because it went on last yeah it obviously was i think <laughs> I, I i think that's what we said and do you think we sell that <laughs> yeah and, and once we get into this show it's pretty obvious what, what the main event is <laughs> it's not ken patera that's for certain no, <laughs> sadly well, not he was, he was shame. yeah he was too busy being charismatic and really good somewhere i'm sure yeah he was he was well done tommy well said the pre um event promo so there's jake roberts does a promo on uh, mr fuji and, and seeker um jimmy hart and and uh, greg valentine on coca beware they're kind of your standard fare exactly what you'd expect we've got strike force talk about the bolsheviks and i wrote in there it's so generic and bland and this is going to be an interesting one to talk about later the bolsheviks and slick on strike force and slick's promo is phenomenal it's so entertaining but then we get we get the crown glory in these promo segments lads heenan with andre and bundy and then we find out that andre will be in king kong bundy's corner later on for reasons that aren't uh, aren't really noted until later on in the show but then something something magical happens and 
it looks like so much fun when you get King Kong Bundy starts chanting his own name, to which Bobby Heenan joins in, and then Andre the Giant comes in. And it looks like the most fun that Andre the Giant's ever had, and it looks like a great time. So I was wondering, we could have a quick go on it? You guys want to go? Okay, Bundy. Bandy, 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 Bandy. I can't join him. Bundamania! I can't join him because you're saying Bundy at different times. Well, no, that's uh, the whole thing. They were saying them at different times. It was just a bit of a melt. That's why they had so much fun with it. I, maybe you're right. What all that says to me is that Andre is a genius because I had, I couldn't pick which one to join in with when you were singing it. So there's just no way I could do it. Fair enough. Um, but it looks like the most fun that Andre's ever had. And then you get Hogan's promo afterwards where he says that Bundy mania makes him sick. Yeah. Which I think we can all agree with. <laughs> And also, they don't know how to pronounce it Bundy Mania or Bundamania. Yeah, so annoying. <laughs> Why can't they talk about these things? Also, Hogan is drenched through the whole show, apart from during his match. <laughs> That's so true. I've got that noted as well. <laughs> He's so wet. It's very weird. And he just looks coat to the gills. I'm not saying that he is, but he just <laughs> looks like an absolute psychopath. Old Hogan in this promo. But... I do need to quickly address Tom's point about Strike Force. It is incredibly shit. Their promo. Because they're like <laughs> two giddy teenagers who can't believe their luck. They're like, oh, we're wrestling. Take your other tag team champions. Have a bit of a self respect. And you know me, I love Rick Martel. But that was tough. It was a tough watch. It's so it's so weird, isn't it? Because like throughout the entirety of his career, until he became the model in like what a year's time from this, he'd always been a babyface. Why is he so boring at it? <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't doesn't seem to be anything there, unless I'm missing something from when he was a babyface prior to Strike Force. He just is the most generic person in the world. And I love and I tell you what, what a pair of voices these lads have got on them as well. <laughs> We've got really strange voices as well. And I just don't yeah I just don't I don't get it. I don't, I'm like oh god he's rubbish. Great in the ring as you'd expect. Well, great, but he's very very good in ring. But yeah, it just seems it comes across such a generic bland rubbish white meat babyface. Well, I think that speaks for itself, really. He is a generic white meat baby face, but like that was popular. <laughs> like you, there's yeah, a I reason guess. why I did it. Like it was, there's a reason why it's kind of seen as the sort of cliche, and that's because it worked a lot back in the day. So there wasn't, you didn't need an edge to be an over baby mm. face, to be honest. And especially when you looked like Tito and Rick Martel, who weren't bad looking chaps, you know, they were relatively. Oh, they're well. sexy, Tinky. Go on, say it. Well, especially the model. Um, yeah. you know, they're not going to be much else than that. That's really all they needed to be. So I get what you're saying. I think now looking back, it's it's a bit like that. But then I think if you look back at kind of television of the time, you'd probably find a lot more characters who are kind of very, very basic and very generic in this kind of same way. So the commentary for the event, as always, is Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura. And Vince wishes everyone a happy new year to go in hand in hand with the theme of the show, at which point Ventura angrily tells him not to speak for the for him and then says happy new year himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. Enjoyed that. And I'll be honest, that kind of set the tone for these two lads on commentary for me because I think they're having a great time. One so, thing, what's Jesse doing in a fest? And, and I was intrigued to know how Tommy felt about it because he's quite he's quite hairy. I mean, he's not Dutch Mantel, but he is quite hairy. Uh, I, I didn't notice it. To be perfectly honest, there was it wasn't something that, that immediately that you know that got my ire up at all, or or my penis. 
So um, <laughs> I didn't think it was weird because he does generally tend to dress a bit more flamboyantly than he does in this. And that did catch me off guard a little bit, but I didn't put too much too much thought into it, if I'm being honest. You know, you can tell it wasn't a big deal because Tom doesn't have a state between ire and an erection. That's it. He's, mm. he's either he's either got his ire or he's got an erection and there's no middle state. So obviously wasn't a big deal. <laughs> yeah. What? Tom's erection. <laughs> so just mere moments after we've seen Hulk Hogan cut his promo in the pre-show segment bit, uh, it's a backstage interview with Hulk Hogan conducted by Mean Gene Oakland, where H- Hogan is performing up by, <laughs> by miming skiing, I've written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he says he wants to destroy Bundamania. So on this yeah. occasion, Devin says Bundamania. So he's doing some weird squats. But like you said, Tiki, I don't thought about it. He is skiing. Mm. And true to form, he is drenched in sweat. Yeah, absolutely. I sick. can't imagine how long he's been doing those squats for. He's also quite nasty to Oakland. Yes, he is. He's rude to him, isn't he? Mm. He says something like, oh, well, little man, let me tell you. It's like, hang on, you're not Rick Rude. What's going on here? Yeah. yeah. And I, I see what you said about the, I, I said it looks like he's doing the old downhill ski with two invisible men. That's, that's <laughs> what he, and he is rude to him. Like, especially at the end, he's like, and, and I'm going to end Bundamania for all. Fuck off, Mean Gene. Or, some, or he may as well do. He says that yeah. with his eyes. No, those um, were these exact words. <laughs> fuck off, fuck. Mean Gene. Yeah, you know. Mr. Peanut Twat. So he conducts another backstage interview, this time with the Bolsheviks and Slick. Slick says they are depressed by the <laughs> pint-sized Rambos, talking about strike force, and they, and says that they promote capitalism around the world. <laughs> um, he then refers to Mikhail Gorbachev as Gorby and says that Gorby was in town to discuss tactics with Slick about tonight's match to see if the Bolsheviks could win the tag team titles. And he said that he also had a little a side meeting with President Ronald Reagan at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, they, they've really latched onto this. The Cold War is coming to an end, haven't they? Because there's a bit later on that we get that it's even more confusing. This makes sense, to be fair, because they're Bolsheviks. Of course, he's going to meet with Slick because they're here. So it's a stupid thing to say. It's good stuff, isn't it? It's good stuff. It's good stupid shit. Lovely. And I love the fact that he keeps on calling Gorbachev Gorby as well, which I believe yeah. you did, old man, when we were talking about uh, the Russian lads at the uh, the NWA. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Well, well, to be fair, we go way back. You know, you, you, you've been having you've been having uh, Costa coffees in the Kremlin with him for years, haven't you? <laughs> we have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a nice Irish coffee we've been having together. <laughs> Which, well, that leads us to the first match of the night. It's for the tag team titles. It's a two out of three falls match. It's between Strike Force and the Bolsheviks. It lasts for just under eight minutes. And Strike Force win it two falls to zero. When Santana gets a second fall by Pinfall, when Volkov tries to hit him with Slick's cane, but Volkov hits Zukov instead, and then he pins him. Tom? Well, it's a good thing. You missed another really bland generic promo from Strike Force. Did I? That shows you how bland. And oh yeah, no, I did. I had noted it down, but as we've spoken about before, because I think the Bolsheviks had already come out, I had written out the name of the match, mm. and then didn't have it listed separately. If you see what I mean? Um, yes, they're also in that promo. They're wearing lovely chokers around their necks, which again, there's a lot of this. There's a lot of continuity errors. Yeah, they're not wearing when they come down to the ring. So what, where's the standard? <laughs> don't you know old man WWF don't have any standards <laughs> wow 
another fucking truth. <laughs> I just wanted to um, see sexy Tito and sexy Rick in some chokers. We do also see the Strike Force beating the Heart Foundation in November of the yes. previous year for the tag team titles, which is our only view of the Heart Foundation on yeah. the show. It's disappointing. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, but like, like, so this match is is what the, the, the thing is. You're not gonna get a, a great match out of well, out of the Bolsheviks for a start. Um, but also in a in an eight minute two out of three fours TV match, they seem to be a big fan of two out of three tag team fours tag team mm. matches on Saturday night's main events because I've seen quite a few of them. In fact, more than I haven't. I think we find out why they're doing this match, and that is because they are perfect for putting a break Adverts. in the middle of the falls. Mm. Very, very possibly so. But you could also do that in singles matches as well. Oh, yeah, you should, you should certainly so, could. There's a bit at the beginning when Rick Martel gets Nikolai Volkov into a series of p- pinning predicaments, which Vince, even by his own standards, it goes pretty mad for. And at that point, I'm like, oh, the crowd are loving this. And then I'm absolutely deflated because I remember you told me that they're all piped in. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's a bit of my childhood gone. I didn't actually realise it was a two out of three fours match until Rick Martel won the first fall <laughs> with the Boston Crab. Yeah. I don't know if it was mentioned or not. No. Um, and it's it's a bit of a it's it's all right in that match, but my highlight of it is when Boris pushes Santana into Rick Martel, which makes the hot tag for Santana and his comeback. And Vince says that idiot Boris has pushed Martel into Santana, giving him giving him the tag. And Jesse and Troy just with distinguers idiot. And Vince just goes, well, wow. <laughs> it's a lovely bit of just, This really made me laugh. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and But that was the highlight of the match for me, was that little bit of commentary. Because I just, I, I guess the problem is, because I know that the Bolsheviks don't win the WF Tag Team titles from Strike Force in 1988, or, or 87 as it was at the time, I kind of know what's going to happen anyway. It was what it was. Things are as they are. I am who I am. <laughs> and then we should just let it be. <laughs> you whisper those words of wisdom, Tom. <laughs> I also enjoyed um, Vince going on about how big Boris Sukov's head is. He mentions it about three or four times. He just goes, at one point, he just goes, look at it. I assume he's talking about his head and not his junk. Um, <laughs> you know, I never thought I'd say this, but I was watching this. And I was like, this is too fast paced. <laughs> it was like, like these uh, <laughs> these Bolsheviks. They're trying their best, but this is too fast-paced for them. Oh, Volkov, no. Fair fucks to him, because he puts in a little bit of a shift. I don't think anybody would describe themselves as a Nikolai Volkov guy. He's no Adam Bomb. But he was all right in this. I was quite impressed with him, actually. But it's not very good. Very clunky. I think because of the pacing, it's really clunky. And you're going to have to go in again. I love Martel and Santana. They're just not very good. That Boston Crab he puts on is embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's like a Walls of Jericho. It's like, come on, lads. Yeah, not the best. To a tough start, to be fair. I feel like these representatives of the Soviet Union could be much more threatening if they had an atom bomb with them. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, I like that. See? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Obviously, this was he, he was too young. He'd not hit his prime yet, atom bomb, to, to be stepping into this. Yeah, I, I was going to say to you, old man, that uh, because I'm addressing you now because you said this, is that you said it's too fast paced. I was going to say basically the same thing, but I was going to say it's very one paced, but that pace is extremely fast. Yeah. And it's weird. It just it's like slow, like it's hectic. That's the word mm. I would call it. Hectic. Rushed, this match. Just that they're desperate to just squeeze every last ounce of anything yeah. into this seven and eight minute match. And like it just doesn't. You can't at any point get hold on to anything. There's no story. It's just it just 
they just do move after move after move and they're just yeah it's, and it's and there's no there's no variation it's pretty much a strike force dominating all the way through i guess i understand really because they've just won the tag title so they're probably just trying to establish them as a competent tag team champions um that will then go on to more important and interesting things in the future you know you could uh, have a decent eight minute tag match in which the match can breathe <laughs> <laughs> or the powers of pain that matter yeah, I'll be honest. I thought you were going Powers of Pain then. I'll tell you what. If this, I tell you what, if this started off with Heart Foundation versus Powers of Pain, ten. Before we move on, I scrambled around and I found this week's Tyrant Baxton of the Week. On January the tenth, year two thousand, Monday Nitro, Jeff Jarrett versus Tito Santana in a dungeon match. Jarrett has to put him over. The only time Santana ever made an appearance for WCW. Tyron Baxton of the week. Undefeated. Yeah. His entire WCW career. Well, and I was having a little scroll through. So I wanted uh, Rick Martel or Tito Santana if I was going to do it on the fly. And when I saw he was beating Jeff Jarrett in a dungeon match, I thought, I bet Tinky's watched that. I haven't actually. What is a dungeon match? Is it? A, it's not a heart dungeon match, is it? No, it must be a sex dungeon match. Oh, <laughs> must be. Yeah, absolutely must be. That'd be amazing. They're just fucking smacking each other with dildos. They're fucking choking out the gimp mask, tying someone up awkwardly on on the sex swing, like uh, Randy Savage and Crush at WrestleMania 10. <laughs> Lovely old job. We found uh, Tom's specialist subject all of a sudden. Uh, yeah, been times to now a bunch of times, mate. We we've all seen it. Remember that gimp mask that had a uh, that had a toilet roll holder. That's part yeah. of the news. Oh, <laughs> chilling, really <laughs> chilling stuff. Well, to be fair, Tommy, you don't have to buy it. <laughs> no, I think you'll find. And put it in the freezer. <laughs> right. Have you ever um, been tempted after? Have you ever been tempted after a after a curry to pop a roll of toilet roll in the freezer for the next morning? <laughs> no. no, I've been tempted. I've never done it, but I've been tempted. I'm not sure that's going to work. That just hurt, wasn't it? <laughs> I went not in the freezer. I meant the fridge. I meant the fridge. I was going to say. Next up, we have a backstage interview. What a surprise. Mean Gene Oakland <laughs> is with Mr. Fuji. Now, this, I'm assuming, because old man's revealed in the past that he really, really dislikes people eating food disgustingly. I'm assuming is old man's low light of the show because Mr. Fuji's playing with a pot of mustard and then Seeker walks in with a gigantic baguette. And I'm not, this is not a double entendre. Um, (laughs) Fuji suggests that Damien is dinner tonight as he smears mustard all over the baguette again. Not a double entendre. <laughs> uh, and then he feeds a spoon of the mustard to Seeker. I must once again insist to say it's <laughs> not a double entendre. I'll be honest, I quite liked this because it's really stupid. But I was a bit, because he's playing with the mustard, like you say. I didn't think anyone was going to eat any of it. And then he fed him it and I was a bit like, hmm. But at least I won that poor fucking turkey. So I, I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm thinking this is quite offensive because they are basically insinuating that because Seeker's such a savage, he will eat a snake <laughs> like a hot dog. And then Mr. <laughs> Fuji goes, no, like a hot snake. <laughs> <laughs> 
but then and i was watching them and i was like this is this is really bad this is really rough uh, but then i think just look at the visual there's a yeah. seeker with a fucking massive french stick <laughs> and mr fuji just mucking around with a fucking gigantic <laughs> jar of mustard that says mustard on it <laughs> just in a generic right and i was like i can't i can't get mad at this this is far too absurd for my liking and i was, I was laughing my head off watching it <laughs> I don't really remember Seeker really around this time either. So this is obviously, you know, long time after Afa and Seeker have done their stuff as the Wild Samoans in the early 80s. And I don't, yeah, I don't remember Seeker from this period of time. But anyway, here he is with the mustard and, the, as you said, probably a breadstick. But I decided to call it a baguette. But it's humongous, whatever it is. It is an enormous, enormous yeah. baguette. It is it's so over the top, comedically large. It's like a pole vault. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it is. It what? is. And the things though, like I'm looking at it and I'm like, and especially after the next interview segment, I'm like, do you know what? I reckon he could probably fit in that. That's yeah. the It's that big. Do you reckon they specially ordered that? Yeah, I assume so. They must have. I wonder how much they have to pay for it. I'm assuming it's from a local Connecticut based mm. bakery as opposed to a Maryland um, based mm. company. Now, the show is in Maryland, but obviously I think all of this stuff will have been recorded back at WWF headquarters mm. as opposed to in the arena <laughs> so we'll have to ring around yeah. tell, tell you what to tommy this week you can do that do you want to ring around all of the bakeries in connecticut <laughs> and see if you can find out who supplied this one do our family in connecticut actually so we could we could have a go it's yeah. hartford not stanford but we could certainly have a go i didn't realize that um roman reigns was seeker's son i knew he was obviously you know in in relation to that and that his brother was rosie yeah. He was dead. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's sad. I didn't know. Plus, we saw Roman Reigns had the old leukemia as well, and he thankfully recovered. But that's, that's maybe feel quite melancholy now. Yeah. Sorry, boys. Well, if if you're feeling down, just think about Hogan doing those squats. <laughs> yes, that's bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back in the room, boys. I'm back in the room. He knew just what to say. He knew just what to say. <laughs> he always does, mate. So um, next up, we have a rare occurrence for this show. As backstage, Dean Oakland does an interview. <laughs> and he takes on, mm. this time, Jake Roberts. Um, and the only note I've got about this particular interview is that Dean Oakland is scared of Damien. I, I couldn't concentrate on what Roberts was saying because I was too busy watching Gene Oakland act as if he was scared of Damien. Wouldn't you be? Fuck me, that is a big fucker of a snake. And I'm like, oh. And at the end of it, uh, I, I actually couldn't look at the screen, if I'm being honest, because it, it was that upsetting for me because I'm terrified of snakes. But I like the bit at the end where I mean Gene Oakland goes, all this talk of snake, bread, hot dogs, and food, this is giving me indigestion. Uh, and then he does a little burp. <laughs> and then uh and jesse goes oh you would be ashamed of yourself belching live on air <laughs> you don't hear the word belch enough <laughs> you don't i also thought he was going to go in the other direction here i thought he was going to say what he said about oh you know baguettes and mustard and mm. snakes and food and i thought it was going to make me really hungry i thought that's what he was going to say but instead got indigestion i was like how do you get indigestion just from thinking about food that's ridiculous <laughs> With snakes, hot dogs, baguettes, and mustard, this is giving me a hard on. <laughs> That's probably what was in the script, I expect. Yeah. Say it, Gene. Say it. Well, to be fair, apparently, apparently, your mean Gene was an absolute smut merchant. Oh, apparently, absolute, absolute filthy sense of humour, apparently. There's, there's a reason um, he had a job for so long. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, I bet you the first few times he was like, oh, there's talk of this of food hot dogs and things making me want to come he probably said a couple of times like, ah, say it again say it again and then they were like oh god and then pat patterson or someone sensible was probably like 
we should say indigestion, Gene. And he's like, oh, okay. And then, then he cut him. He said, indigestion, because of all the cum I've ingested. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's burping cum bubbles. Oh, <laughs> so grim. <laughs> and uh, old man proving that he's our very own smut merchant. <laughs> yes. Yes. Again, he always needs the right things to say. Uh, In fairness, so... I, I reckon I could shave it into a little mean Gene Tash. I, know. I thought you were going to say, do you know what? I reckon I could probably burp up a couple of gum bubbles if I try. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just burp, and then you just, just the screen just goes all like misty, and you're like, what's up in there? Sorry, sorry, boys, I just had to mop that up. Oh, I've had a gallon of it today. Wasn't there, wasn't there an actor who had to have his stomach pumped because there was like was, 25 was Mar- different loads in there? Uh, Mark Almond, allegedly, the singer from Soft Cell. Yeah, apparently it's quite. He OD'd on drugs, so he had his stomach pumped. And then the story was that there were 43 different types of semen in there. It's obviously all bollocks. That's a poor Mark Almond had a load of nut in him. <laughs> I, I hate to I hate to break up the cliched three men on a podcast talking about dicks and cum for a second, <laughs> but I'm going to do it anyway and move on to match number two, which is Jake Roberts versus Seeker, as you might imagine, given the pre-match promos that we had. This is just a three and a half minute match. And it ends when Robert pins Seeker with a schoolboy after Seeker misses an avalanche in the corner. After the match, Roberts hits Mr. Fuji with a DDT and then drops Damien on Fuji, as was his thing at the time. Um, Oh, man, thoughts on this match? Uh, Not very good, to be honest. Um, There's an awful bit where Seeker is dribbling that I was trying to ignore, but Vince keeps drawing your attention to it. And I'm not particularly happy about that. Um, yeah, they basically just walk around the ring for a little bit, and then it, the match finishes. The highlight comes after the match. When old, uh, old Jake DDT's Mr. Fuji, Mr. Fuji sells it by humping the floor <laughs> for about 14 seconds. I was like, what's he doing there? And he is just dry humping the floor. He's uh, he's dragged out of the ring by Seeker, and Vince says, get that fat walrus out of the ring. About Mr. Fuji, and I was a bit like, oh, bloody heck, that's taking a turn, on not it? Like, he's gone from humping the mat to being a fat walrus, and I was a little bit like, that's a bit, a bit horrible, that, to be honest. But it's Vince McMahon, isn't it? So, um, again, there's not really much to say about, you know, this three-minute match. I'm really glad that Old Man didn't see a thing that I particularly enjoyed about the post-match shenanigans, including the DDT, which is, as uh, Jake's about to DDT Mr. Fuji, Jesse Ventura goes, don't do that, you're going to wreck it, you're going to wreck his hat. <laughs> then vince points out that mr fuji kept his hat even despite the ddt it never Mm. fell off yeah amazing amazing work yeah and again just horrible treatment of the snake slinging it around the ring don't like it don't want to see it anyway because i don't like snakes but i also don't like the fact that he does get thrown around and and unfortunately that's not the first time we see something a little bit a little bit unsavory happen to an animal on the show as well so Mm. yeah it's always a bit like "Mm." but yeah there's just not really much to this nothing really happens you know jake's got a beat seeker don't you the only disappointment is that you don't get to see him ddt seeker but they do say because of the uh the old notorious samoan hard head in inverted commas that yeah the ddt might not actually work so maybe that's why but it wasn't very good no it wasn't very good uh i didn't mention about the previous match so actually it was okay it was it was serviceable this was just not very good i think there's probably a reason why seeker wasn't featured or at least i don't recognize him as being featured a lot at the time and we all know that jake roberts is not he's not a great wrestler he's a good storyteller Mm. he's a good character wrestler but when you've got three and a half minutes what can you do uh not a lot i should imagine 
So next up, well, this was a sight for sore eyes because we've not seen much of this before. Uh, backstage, I've got here, Gene Oakland is interviewing <laughs> Bobby Heenan, uh, King Kong Bundy and Andre the Giant ahead of uh, Bundy's match with Hulk Hogan. Heenan confirms because of doctor's orders that he cannot be at ringside for the match, so Andre will be there instead. Bundy says that Hulkamania is dead. I mean, I know Andre was a bit glad and evidently wasn't in the best of health this time. Um, so my, my sympathies are with him. But again, my God, we said this before, he's sweating through a shirt, something profusely. Yeah. And I can't imagine how uncomfortable he must have been because mm. it looks horrible. But again, it looks like Andre's having a great time. I reckon he was a bit pissed because he is having a great time. Because obviously they shoot the promos. I don't know if you know this, old man. I hate to put this to you. This might be, it's obviously evidently why Hogan's so dry in his match compared what? to everything else. But evidently they shoot all the promos separately, don't they? Because it's obviously no. not happening in front of a live crowd. So, I reckon he must have had a, a couple. When I say a couple of beers, he must have had about forty-five beers before uh, before they started doing these promos, and he's a little bit half cut and having a wonderful time. That's my theory on it, anyway. That's what struck me. Is there there's a lot of shouting in this. I don't really know what was going on to most, but all I saw was three guys having a great fucking time. And I was like, you know what? I get bored with this. Let's be honest. I was balls deep in in Bundamania by now, and you know who's getting on the Mount Rushmore, don't you? Bundamania. I don't know who that is, but they're getting on there. <laughs> Big Bundamania running across the top. Lovely old job. Um, so we then get some footage of Hogan choking Heenan on the last Saturday night's main event, which is apparently Heenan's explanation for why he is not cleared to be at ringside. And Heenan causing Hogan to be counted out against Bundy on that show, which is why we have this rematch for the title and with Andre in Bundy's corner. Then backstage, we have Hulk Hogan, and he's being interviewed by Gino, Gene, Gene Oakland, apparently. Um, Gino, Gene, Gene Oakland. Gino, Gene Oakland, yeah. Gino, um, oh, Gino, Gene Oakland. Like that? <laughs> yeah. Gino Ginelli, ice cream for Italia. <laughs> um, of course I remember it. Uh, so Hogan talk, talks about a summit he's had with the main man Ronald <laughs> Reagan. He says that Reagan is a fully fledged Hulkamaniac and he also says some other bollocks about <laughs> Reagan. <laughs> he just says some mad stuff about his arms. He's like, he's yeah. like, he's like, and I saw him roll his shirt up and I saw the face and I saw the yellow on the bicep and the face on the forearm. <laughs> what the fuck are you on about, you man, <laughs> you fucking lunatic? He says he's got like the 408 running down his arm or something. It's like, <laughs> What the fuck is that? Is that is that code for steroids? I don't know. But it's it's the it's the fact is like and quite fairly so. But Warrior's got some sh- like quite a fair bit of stick for talking absolute flannel in his promos. The fuck is Hogan talking about? It's like he's <laughs> in the middle of a stroke. The, the yeah, he's sweating and the amount of nonsense he's talking. It's like he's having a fucking stroke. The lunatic. Well, and we obviously had it. In one of the other ones, where he's talking about the big dude in the sky as well, isn't he? He walks Obviously, on water. Yeah, and it's like, come on. Evan. We've also had I, the one where he was talking about stocks and shares. I mean, the guy's a <laughs> lunatic. The big bank teller in the sky. That's the yeah. One. <laughs> now, I, I just need to point something out here, lads. Not only is he sweating profusely, but during this promo, he's wearing a bandana. Just keep that in mind. Okay. Wearing a bandana. Thanks for that. Okay, great. No problem. So that is our next match. It's Hulk Hogan against King Kong Bundy. Bundy has got Andre the Giant in his corner. It is for the world title, and it lasts a pretty significant 12 minutes. The match ends when, after Bundy hits a couple of avalanches and then a splash, 
Um, he only gets a two count because Hogan hulks up and then hits the big boot and the leg drop and gets the pin to retain the title. Should we talk about the match first and then go into the afters afterwards? Yeah, yeah let's go to the dessert after. This match isn't very good. I've also noted here that Hulk Hogan is nowhere near as sweaty as he was in the promo. And you know how much Hulk Hogan sweats in a wrestling match. Mm. And even by the end of the wrestling match, he's not sweating as much as he is in the promos. <clears throat> the match kind of goes the way of all Hulk Hogan matches, especially ones that take place on Saturday Night's main event. And what is really weird, though, is that there's literally until well, through the entire match, there's no involvement from Andre, apart from a few moments where King Kong Bundy spills out the ring and then they have a little bit of a discussion and go back in. So it does make me wonder why he's there. The referee takes a absolutely phenomenal drop down. Yeah. <laughs> like someone's running at him. I think it might be Bundy's running at him. And he drops down on his front and gets up like you see so many wrestlers do. But then immediately gets splashed by Bundy. And at this point, you get the big guy. You get Big Earl, don't you? Come down. Or is it Dave? I don't know. I'm not sure which one it is. But A. Hebner comes down. And the ref then does the old stretcher job, (laughs) which you don't see very often, do you? And and then there's my my personal highlight of the match. It's Hulk Hogan takes a, a back bump over the top rope, and it's the slowest thing I've ever seen. It was like me trying to lower myself into a bin bag into a bin bag <laughs> like me trying, it's like me trying to sit on a bean bag and then lean backwards and very slowly falling to the floor it's really really crap and at this point i noted that king kong bunny's got quite hairy legs but no eyebrows yeah what are his priorities <laughs> well um, apparently the hair from his eyebrows fell down to his legs oh okay okay he just dropped off um and at this point i realized i did a bit of uh, research on king kong bundy to get to the bottom of this because this is what everyone needed to know and i didn't get to the bottom of it what i did find out though is that king kong bundy co-headlined the first ever ecw pay-per-view and he no, was hey. in eastern championship wrestling it wasn't a pay-per-view oh was it all right okay a big first event then I guess. Okay, that makes sense. Um, teaming um, with Terry Funk against Road Warrior Animal and Sabu. Weird <laughs> lineup of people to be in the main event of a, of a pay-per-view, especially at that time. But then Hogan comes back after, you know, no selling stuff, hits the leg drop and wins. Crap. Not a very good match. Yeah, my back's already up because Hogan comes down. He's wearing a headband. He's not wearing a bandana at all. He's bone dry <laughs> and he's wearing a headband. And then pretty much what Tom said happens. Standard Hogan fare. Obviously, you know what you're getting. So I'm not I'm not surprised or really disappointed with what we get. But disappointed that it went 12 minutes. And then it happened. And then I thought, cool, well, that's done then. I wonder what's going to happen next. It's not a good match, but I didn't hate it. I found it on the upper level of Hogan matches, especially with a bigger mm. guy like Bundy. I just, I don't know. I, I find it quite strange. It had something that I found quite engrossing. I don't know what it was. Like I said, it wasn't good. <laughs> I can't stress this enough. It wasn't good. But it wasn't, it wasn't like bad. It wasn't on the bad end of Hogan matches. I no. I, I mean, it's, it's, to be fair, it's, it's a, you know, toss up between uh, a mild flick of the testes and a foot on whack to the testes, isn't it? Your bollocks <laughs> are still hurting and you're getting that horrible pain in your stomach. It's just the severity of it. And, and you know, obviously Andre the Giant was at ringside to make people tune in because they'd already had Hogan Bundy so this was the rematch yeah. that's why he was there there was no other real reason other than what happens after the match I just I thought it was quite good and then again a good use of the the advert break so the whole stretcher thing happened in order for them to make an advert break which again I thought I like that I think that's quite creative I don't I had a big problem with this Saturday night's main event we watched a while back where the adverts just came slap bang in the middle of matches during the action here that didn't happen on both on two occasions they had adverts during matches but the the action had come to a natural stop anyway so i quite like that too 
you're right love the referee doing the drop down to mm. get out of um, Bundy's way or Hogan's way whichever one it was and then him getting splattered in the corner <laughs> <laughs> to, to Bundy and Hogan that was great and uh, yeah I just genuinely thought it's all right it's you know it's it's Hogan <laughs> and it's against yeah. Bundy and I, I really am not expecting much at all so that they put on something that was watchable was I thought quite impressive I do have one question though could they not have dubbed over to get old man on side as Hogan walked off from his uh, interview with Mean Gene? Could he not have said, fucking I'm sweaty, someone get me a new hat and a towel so that yeah. when he comes out, dry and... It's not difficult, is it? It's not difficult so that pedants can go through it 30-odd years later. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, after the match... Um, Andre gets on the apron and Hogan challenges him to get into the ring, but Andre walks away. Hogan then turns around to celebrate and Andre attacks him from behind with chokes and headbutts. The British Bulldogs then run down to stop Andre, but he throws them out of the ring and goes back to the choke. Then JYD, Strikeforce and Jake Roberts run to the ring to get Andre off Hogan, but they can't do anything. When that doesn't work, Duggan runs in and hits Andre with a two by four. But Andre no sells it. And then when he goes after Duggan, the other baby faces drag Hogan out of the ring to safety. Can we quickly make an addendum to that? bet that we made earlier that uh when after you get pants doing your hot Hogan poses poses you get to be headbutt and jokes <laughs> for an unnecessary from behind of time from yeah, behind for an unnecessarily large amount of time i didn't know what to make of this really because i was a bit like this is a bit crap and whilst i think they did a pretty good job at making andre the giant look strong basically made all of their babyface roster look incredibly weak as well that all of them can't do anything like i can understand if just like when the bulldogs came in and he manages to overpower them stuff i can but yeah i can kind of believe that but then when they all come down and i'm a bit like mm, i don't know about this this is a this is not this is not great in my opinion i think it makes everyone else look a bit poor personally i love this he's the he's the immovable object you can't you can't he's the eighth wonder of the world i loved it because it looks like he's proper choking him as well and his hands are massive they are absolutely enormous but i really enjoyed it i really liked the fact that they come down the bulldogs come down and then the other lads come down and then duggan comes down in his black pants which is a weird look for him but uh he's uh he's got his two by four and then it don't work and then he whacks the two by four on the steps outside the ring and a bit of it flies off into the crowd possibly almost blinding someone because he does it and then he's like oh fucking hell where's that where's that gone <laughs> he then runs to the back he's like a fucking lawsuit coming here but yeah i thought this was really good stuff maybe i just love watching hogan get choked <laughs> but I, I did i did think to myself though it's like but we've seen hulk hogan beat andre already well I, I, mean? think, like, I think that's why they do it See, yeah. I, I agree with Old Man. This was my favourite part of the bit of the show. I thought it made perfect sense. And I also thought to myself, to be honest, the proof's in the pudding because they then drew the biggest television audience in American wrestling history with the match between Hogan and Andre, which followed this. So to me, it not only I thought was quite entertaining, but it also did exactly what it was set up to do, which was to push yeah, the importance I mean, I, and the excitement of that match. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I'm thinking of it too much in, in isolation. Well, no, I'm not really thinking of it in isolation because I'm relating it back to WrestleMania 3. But I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I didn't I didn't love it as much as everyone else. I mean, I always love seeing a bit of Andre. So, you know, any any time I get to see Andre on, on the TV is great. But I don't know. I was just a little bit like, I thought I was a little bit overkill. But Well, let, let me clarify. It's not that I love it. I just thought it was did. the best thing on yeah, the show. Now you love, you love, you love it. You fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Saturday night's main event, mate. 
right? There is a ceiling to how good this stuff can be. So if I see something that I'm mildly interested in, it's about as high as it can get for this type of show. And I just thought this did a good job. It did exactly what it was meant to do. It made Hogan look actually quite um, vulnerable. Vulnerable. That's right. That's exactly the word I was looking for. Against in the face of Andre, it made Andre look like a monster who nobody could stop. And it did so in the knowledge that Andre had already lost the match with Hogan at WrestleMania 3. And so they had to do something to build him back up. And that's what they did. And I just thought, you know, ahead of that match, and given what we know about the the commercial success of that match, can't really argue with it. But I do, I do wonder, though. I don't think the... the sp- pretty big shout for me considering how much i love a bit of a well jesse in particular but and uh, and vince as well they don't really tell a great story in terms of like how motivated andre is or how determined he is or how angry he is at having lost the match or having seen feeling like he unjustly lost the match and stuff like that so i think they could have done a little bit more to, to sell that a bit a bit better i think don't, don't he say it's either jesse or vince says he's been waiting nine months to get his hands on him i think but very possible i may have missed that to be fair yeah <laughs> it's, 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 it's that kind of searing analysis that keeps people coming back isn't it that's right it's right it's, it's like it's almost as if this guy hadn't watched it what the... <laughs> i did i did i watched it i watched it you worry. so i think we're in danger of of covering the whole show before we even have a break so let's just let's just take a little break and then All we'll come right. back for the remaining sort of quarter of the show you also gotta <laughs> make sure that i just don't turn into Stu hart by just going <laughs> it'd be amazing if you appeared behind thinking you locked him in one of the homes <laughs> and it was just the, the second half was just 35 minutes of thinking's going ah, Stu, <laughs> Stu, stop oh. I just stood there looking confused because I didn't know what to do with a towel in the background, looking a bit lost. <laughs> All right, with me right now are the Bolsheviks, Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov, and their manager, the dapper debonair, doctor of style slick. Gentlemen, or, or should I say comrades, tonight's match is with the World Tag Team Champions, Strike Force, and for the title. Slick, you've got to be impressed with Rick Martel and Tito Santana. Impressed? Impressed. Did you say impressed? We are not impressed, we are depressed. That's right, that these little warmongers, these little pint-sized Rambos who are going around spreading their capitalistic propaganda to all the brothers and sisters of the world. Well, you know, the children ought to be listening to these peace-loving Bolsheviks as they bring their message about good sportsmanship and good citizenship, brother. Well, I don't know about that, Slick, but let's talk about strategy for tonight's big shot at the world titles. Well, you know, as you may have already heard last month, that's it, right here in Washington, D.C., my man, my main man, Gordy, that's Mikhail Gorbachev to you, flew right here, brother, to discuss strategy with us. Again, Slick, I've got a question that, if I recall, Gorby, I, I mean, Go- Gorbachev was here to visit the President of the United States, Ronald Reagan. Well, you know, the brother might have had about, right there, Daddy, that much time for running, but he flew here just to see the Slickster and the ambassadors of goodwill, the Bolsheviks. Let's go, comrades. All right, I thank you very much, gentlemen, the Bolsheviks, along with their manager of Doctor of Style Slick. I'm not into geopolitics, but I cannot believe for a moment that the Bolsheviks are peace-loving, and Strikeforce should never forget that. Let's go back to you, Vince. 
Okay, welcome back. Now, we have probably rather uh, sort of front-loaded this show because we haven't got a huge amount left to go through in this second half, but I'm sure we'll draw draw out. We've been doing that yeah, right the way through. And we start with something that genuinely is a rare occurrence because backstage Jesse Ventura interviews Jimmy Hart and Greg the Hammer Valentine ahead of the final match of the evening. I literally have no notes here other than that happened. I don't know if either of you caught anything specific about this interview. A little bit of a pun from Jesse Ventura. He says, uh, I wish you luck against Coco Beware and the foul bird. <laughs> yeah. And also, uh, I think it's great that Hammer Valentine refers to Brutus the Barber Beefcake as Brutus the Fruitcake. <laughs> Clever. Which is and, good shit. And Jesse then calls Mean Gene Oakland Mean Gene the Hot Air Machine. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Mean Gene, we haven't seen a lot of him tonight, but he is next up and he interviews Coco Beware. Uh, the only thing I've got here is that Coco just enjoys singing random words. <laughs> yeah, he's got a very strange inflection, hasn't he? Yeah. He's just singing. He's just singing all like occasionally. A word comes up and they'll just sing it over and over again. I've put Coco singing to Gene and Frankie. Terrible shit. That's why I put. That was nothing to do with what you saw on screen, though. That was just you come uh... out of the toilet and it was horrendous. <laughs> Hey, I'll have you know, my shit smell like flowers, mate. Flowers covered in shit. <laughs> yeah, shit flowers. <laughs> oh, no shit flowers, eh? Oh. <laughs> oh, shitty flower poo, old man. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that match is up next. It's Greg Valentine against Coco Beware. It's a seven and a half minute match. I hadn't realised it was that long. And it ends when Greg Valentine locks in the figure four leg lock and uh, Coco Beware submits. After the match, Greg Valentine reapplies the hold, but uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake makes the save and chases Valentine to the back. In the meantime, Coco Beware holds on to Jimmy Hart's leg. Then Beefcake returns to the ring and he chops Hart's hair with his shears until Jimmy Hart escapes in what looks like an extremely painful moment for Jimmy Hart. Yes. (laughs) Well, if it was painful for him, how painful was it for us having to watch it? And poor Frankie. Yeah. I mean, he's coming down, he's waving that bird around like no one's business. Now, it does seem like Frankie's reasonably well trained by the way that he interacts with him, but he's shaking around all over the place. It's it's the bit where he puts he puts Frankie on the ropes mm. and then starts shaking the ropes in order, I guess, to make Frankie flap his wings. Yeah. Didn't like that, wasn't a fan of that spot at all. No. And then the match happens. And suddenly realised that that spot wasn't too bad. Because this is just crap, isn't it? This is just crap. Greg Hammer Valentine's not particularly good. I'm slowly realising, having thought that he was great. <laughs> Coco Beware's absolute rubbish. Just absolutely terrible. They have Beefcake come down about halfway through the match. I can't remember why. And then he makes an appearance at the end. And it's like, why have him come down in the middle of the match? Why? Yeah, so he, he comes down in the middle of the match and then the referee tells him to go back stage. Yeah. He tells him to go back. So And Jesse Ventura praises the referee. I think it is uh, Joey Morella who tells him to do it. Uh, that's fine. But you've ruined the big pop that Beefcake would have got when he comes down at the end. Well, the piped in pop. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't. I didn't like this, to be honest. I think it's an hour and seven minutes. This show, I'd had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just about had enough here, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> 
this is coming off the heels of the four-hour Starcade we did two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't really enjoy this match at all, if I'm being honest. I mean, Valentine, to be fair, does kind of beat the piss out of Coco Beware. He's quite stiff, as we've seen before. What was that? Is it him versus Ronnie Garvin? I think mm. we watched years ago. We're like, oh my God, they're kicking the shit out of each other. So Valentine is quite stiff. And again, I think, old man, it's worth bearing in mind, like, I'm pretty sure this is Greg Valentine way past his best. And I don't know how good he was then. If I'm being honest, but yeah, it just wasn't wasn't very good. The, the bit of commentary that I like though is that when uh, <laughs> when um, Brutus comes down, Jesse Ventura is like, he can't be here, he can't be at ringside. We got Jimmy Hart and we got Frankie, and they're the managers. <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> is wonderful stuff but yeah i didn't think it was very good um the, the bit the, the other bit that i liked again is another bit of commentary again from from jesse when uh, valentine's running away um from brutus the barber beefcake in his shears and he says can you blame valentine i'd be running too if i had that beautiful blonde hair <laughs> which again just enjoy that love it so in terms of valentine he'd been a wrestler since 1970 made his debut in 1970 been around some time i've seen him in a one hour broadway with bob backland in the early 80s and it was very good, but I think you have to want it. So, I mean, you have to want to sit down and watch it for an hour. But I if you do, if you're in that mode and you're like, right, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to focus, I'm going to take this in as a sort of hour-long sporting contest, uh, it's very good. But as I say, you really have to want to do it. Was that in WWF or was it? Yeah, for the Solid WWF Championship. Life. No, it was for the WWF Championship. I think it might even have been in Madison Square Garden. What was that for, uh, Tom? Where is it from? So so it, what, it wasn't any Southern Wrath. <laughs> no because <laughs> i know he did do some stuff in the crockets because i watched a particularly brutal dog collar match i think it's at uh starcade <laughs> 85 no without him he's not in it mate so between what? him and him and piper yeah and he had been all over and had some big matches in his career but yeah by this point he was on the downward part of his of his Sorry, career can I, can I just can i hear the piper um, ah, ah, hey, i can't remember i think i think you also need to add a little bit of like a <laughs> in there as well because he loves a bit of that doesn't he <laughs> well hang on what was the difference between what you did tell him and what old man did <laughs> all right it's a good old man <laughs> that's basically just noise isn't it when he was shouting that promo the other week but he does add a little bit of wow <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm still, I'm still not getting it. Can, you, can I have it again, please? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck off, Pike. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's forgettable. It's not terrible, but it's forgettable. It's not going to live long in the memory. But uh, I'm getting the impression here, Tom, that even you might be down on this Saturday night's main event, which is uh, which is very, very interesting. Uh, so after the whole Greg Valentine Coco Beware match we get some re- we get a recap of Andre the Giant's attack on Hulk Hogan from earlier in the show and then we get backstage it's Gene Oakland um, I think we've seen him a couple of times tonight and he interviews Andre and Heenan Andre says it feels so good to choke Hogan Heenan then says that 1988 is going to be his year and Andre will win the world title this year this is interesting I thought because of the now the disappearance of King Kong Bundy so basically he's been beaten he can fuck right off for now just yeah, about damn right he can. <laughs> but he's too bold and his legs are too hairy as we pointed out earlier they don't want him hanging around <laughs> he's so he's both bold and too hairy all at the same time yeah it's, it's a strange and unusual affliction to have, but I I think your old man's hit the nail on the head there. Too bold, too yeah. angry. <laughs> 
too bold, too hairy. <laughs> too bold, too hairy. Too bold, too hairy. No, fuck off. Fuck off. We've got two problems with you. One, you're too bold. The other, you're too hairy. Now get out of Bundy. What? <laughs> he's so confused as he's getting frog marched out of the building. <laughs> he's just there, just there looking like an egg. Just like, oh, like I don't know egg. what's going on. <laughs> I'll wear a wig. A, do you reckon he's got... Look, he's got an incredibly hairy anus. Oh, dread, dreadlocks. <laughs> dreadlocks. He's like, I could grow my ass hair, and I can grow it out and put it on top of my head and pretend it's hair, Vince. Get out. <laughs> you got me joking. Vince would have fucking had that. No no trouble at all. That would have been his gimmick. Oh, here's, here's bum hair. <laughs> bum, bum, bum hair Bundy. Coming out. King, King Kong bum hair. <laughs> he would have loved it so i think we then get an adver- advertisement break and then i think it's yeah it's gene oakland talks to jesse ventura backstage about the attack by andre oakland says he has consulted medical staff and he confirms hogan has sustained damage to his windpipe but is breathing on his own thank god, <laughs> oh, god. Oh, god. Um, something i just realized obviously this is in the build-up to the main event isn't it mm-hmm. so the referee that comes down in the Dave Hebner. Uh, it must be Dave Hebner, yeah. I was thinking earlier and then I forgot to correct you. Yeah. So unless did. unless unless it was a trial run of the plastic surgery. <laughs> it could have been. It, they, you know, it would would have made sense to sort of mm. he, he, looks, he looks a bit different. He's he's lost a bit of weight. Yeah. As, uh, to establish as, as... the idea that he wasn't exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. I'm good with that. Then we get another advert break. We come back to the same place that Gene and Ventura w- were at, but now they're joined by Vince, and Vince says goodbye. <laughs> and Happy New Year. And Happy yeah. New Year, indeed. Yeah, so we, we, we got our regulation three or four advert breaks at the end, followed by absolutely nothing of value whatsoever. Um, This one interesting, in I guess, in the sense that there was no Hogan to end the show, which probably would have been what we usually get, but obviously he was selling the injuries Andre mm. had given him. I'd like well, to he see was... some terrible acting. If I'm being honest. Yeah, that's what I was th- just going to say. I was like, he was just about breathing on his own, breathing without assistance. I mean, fuck off. I, so, um, I was kind so, of hoping because I like it because Hulk Hogan has got a tendency to do the old seizure selling, hasn't he? Like when Didier <laughs> Drogba did that once in a, in, a, in a Champions League game. I remember he went up for a header, landed and started flapping around on the floor. And Hogan's Hogan's got, uh, you know, a bit of a reputation for doing that. So I'd have quite liked to have seen a bit of him flapping around on a, on a gurney, if I'm being honest. <laughs> The foam coming from his mouth. Yellow Hulkamania foam. Yeah. Um, or, or or perhaps cum bubbles. <laughs> They're back. Um, so dare I ask what our overall thoughts were on the show, our ratings out of 10, match of the night, etc. Why don't we start with you, Tom? Because I, I got, as I said, I got a feeling this is going to be one of your lower rated Saturday night main event shows. You're going to find that to be correct, mate. So I'm giving this a four. Bearing in mind... That's with the, the, it's with the boat with the bump as well. Mm. So it, it wasn't very good. I'm thinking of like other like if we had a heart foundation or a powers of pain or a demolition or a macho man match on there or any any number of other wrestlers that are around at the time that I prefer to to who is who is around at this moment on the card, then I would have enjoyed it a lot more i think but it's a it's an entire event 
full of wrestlers that I don't particularly care for. So you've got Titus Santana and Rick Martel, who I do, don't mind, you know, like independently, especially a bit later on in their career, but as Strike Force, I'm not interested. The Bolsheviks rubbish. Jake Roberts is good, but like you said, Tinky, in a three and a half minute match, he's not going to have time to play to his strengths. Against Seeker, way past his best, and I don't really know if I've really ever been particularly interested in the Wild Samoans. Hulk Hogan, we've seen about 400,000 uh, matches with Hulk Hogan in at this point, and they're all largely the same. King Kong Bunny don't care about, and Greg Valentine and Coco Beware, I also don't care about. So, it's a pretty grim, you know, lineup of, of people on this card. So that's I, that's why I'm kind of marking it so low. It gets the extra point, basically, for the theme music, <clears throat> which I think is fair. My MVP of the match, I got to give, I got to give it to big, uh, big Mr. Fuji of the event. Sorry, Mr. Fuji, because there he is with his mustard. You know, he's having a lovely time. <laughs> or maybe, actually, maybe I should give it. No, Mr. Fuji is going to get it another time. He'll, he'll, he'll have opportunity. Do you know who's not going to get it? The baker from Stamford, Connecticut, <laughs> who made that magnificent baguette. He could That's be good. my MVP of the night. And my match of the night. Do I have to? Yes. Give the shortest one. Jake Roberts versus Seeker. <laughs> there we go. Wow, that was a that was a pretty poor review ultimately from you, Tom, in terms mm. of your thoughts on it. Uh, and, I, and it doesn't please me to have to give that scathing review. Uh, the, I thought this was terrible. I can't be honest. I like I said, this is an hour and seven minutes, and I was fed up watching it. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, bloody heck. But then I was like, when it came to the rating, I was like, well, you've watched such shit recently. With Survivor Series 2010 in Armageddon 99, I can't give it the same. So I give those a two. I can't give it the same because it's not as bad as those. So let's get the three. Let's get the pity three. Ah, <laughs> oh, if I was uh, if I was being a bit clever, I could have given it a pity four. <laughs> <laughs> My MVP are Andre Sweatlands for putting in an absolute shift tonight. They do. Uh, they, they do. Yeah, they really worked hard. I was going to go for a saucepan hands, but nah. And my match of the night, more because of the afters, is Hogan and Bundamania. The manias collide. And to be honest, I think it's the best by quite a distance as well, which is quite incredible. I'm going to give this a four. I like this more than some of the other Saturday Night's main events we've watched. Because I think ultimately, from my perspective, I thought the Hogan-Bundy match was, was quite decent. It, you know, as I said, it wasn't good, but it was decent. And ultimately, it did exactly what it was supposed to do. This mat, this whole show was about Hogan and Bundy and then leading to Andre versus Hogan at the following month's main event show. And it worked a treat. It did exactly what it meant to. And we know because of the numbers that they got, it did exactly what it was supposed to do commercially, too. And I think that if you take if you look at that, I think that's a more realized segment, that Hogan Bundy match and the afters of that match is more realized than anything else we've seen on a Saturday night's main event show that we've covered on this show so far. Mm. The rest of it's not great. The first match is okay, but it's really rushed. It's really hectic. Everything else is forgettable. But just for that, and given this is an hour-long show, and that's probably, what, 12-minute match, entrances, the after the match, plus some of the promos and whatnot, it's probably 20, 25 minutes of the show is about that. So it's a good, it's nearly, you know, it's nearly half of the show. So I don't think it's wrong 
to base a large part of the score on that and, I, and that's what I do the rest of it was forgettable but I still think actually that I was looking for more more on the scale of Saturday Night's Main Event 1 just for the just for a little bit of variety we could do with some absolute shit if we're going to be shit let's just go absolute yeah. shit and we have had some absolute shit recently so I was kind of glad that as well that it wasn't quite that but you know just something a little bit different than the usual because this was a very 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 similar to two of the other Saturday Night's Main Event shows we've watched so far um, in terms of just the way it was laid out, the promo, promo, promo at the beginning, then another promo, then a match, then a promo, then a match, and a promo, then a match, then the adverts, adverts, adverts right at the end. Yeah. So that that led down a bit, but I thought it was right. Match tonight's Hogan versus Bundy. My MVP of the evening is going to be Jesse Ventura for his commentary, for his opening, actually for the opening bit where he, he criticizes Vince for speaking for both of them and then says <laughs> Happy New Year, which is exactly what Vince has said anyway. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. Um, that got me right into it from the beginning. And I then it kind of it did drop from there, but slower than normally it would have done. So uh, what we've got, are we, we've got to be hoping that our next couple of shows, which are the last two before the end of the year, um, are uh, a bit better. A bit, um, are they a bit... better be Tim Geeks. You've, you've let us down. Well, I don't I don't take into account how good they are. I just genuinely do as randomly as I can pick a show from this part of the year and chuck it in the schedule. So hopefully the next couple will lead us up to Christmas very nicely. I'm sure they'll be golden. I'm only yanking your plank. Well, before we get to (laughs) (laughs) yank the plank, yank the plank, (laughs) make the deal. (laughs) (laughs) so before we get to those shows though we have got the game today yes now i'm the host and i've come up with a little game which is going to be saturday night's main event themed as you might imagine but but my tester for you is i want you to name me people who have been the corner person of somebody else during a saturday night's main event match so that includes all the managers obviously and then anybody else who has served kind of as a manager so if they were just in the corner of the person that counts as well do they have to be human yes they have to be human we're not counting (laughs) frankie oh bollocks yeah well i'm third on my list (laughs) yeah damien probably matilda at some point i'm sure was a corner person the thing to say obviously is this is covers its original run from 1985 to 1992 plus its return run in the mid 2000s which was only four or five additional episodes this could be pretty rough mate it could be so uh, how many are there tinky there are 55 bloody hell yeah 55 people who have served as a corner person of someone else during the saturday night's run saturday night's main event run a couple of dodgy ones a couple of obvious ones and then some others (laughs) Ah, helpful helpful so i think i'm gonna ask you old man to go first okay i'll go robert the brain heenan yes bobby heenan yes Uh, i'll go mr fuji correct elizabeth miss elizabeth is correct Uh, andre the giant andre the giant that is correct uh james hart jimmy hart yep uh, the six star. <laughs> so, sorry, who? <laughs> oh, 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 sorry, sorry, Slick. I thought it was your Roddy Piper impression again. Um, yeah, Slick is correct. Um, wow, <laughs> this is awkward, isn't it? Uh, I'm gonna go Lita. You're gonna go correct. Yes. Oh, I, I must admit, I'm I'm in guessing t- <laughs> territory already now. Some of these are educated guesses. George the Animal Steel. No. Oh, what? 
No, he was in a match, wasn't he? But I'm thinking, I'm thinking of WrestleMania three. I wanted to feed accompanied Ricky Steamboat at any point. Would have made sense, but I believe in yeah. fact that Ricky Steamboat accompanied him. Uh, so, so you just give it old man Ricky Steamboat. Then. Well, you, I thought. Well, I wasn't doing lives, and you old man went first, so you technically had lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had two more. Okay. That were very questionable. Ric Flair. No. Oh, and I don't think this one either. Paul Bearer. Nope. No. Paul Bearer. So, I had two other questionable. What? Uh, so I had Brutai. Brutus the Barber Beefcake is correct. Tits. And Danny Davis. Danny Davis, I think, is right as well. Hang on. Uh, sure, I saw him. Yes, Danny Davis is correct. Oh, Tommy. Your, sele- your selection again lets you down. It does it so often. No, 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 it doesn't, though. It, that doesn't. Didn't, well, it didn't <laughs> no, no, no. But George <laughs> no. Was, a good, was a good guess. It was a good guess. I mean, it was a wrong guess, but it was a good hmm. guess in the context of, you know, when like, how, how, you know, he would have been around that time. Yeah, it wasn't a terrible guess, but it was still your selection. That <laughs> yeah, and it was still wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'd accept that. <laughs> so I'll give you the rest of them. We had classy Freddie Blassie. Mm. Oh, the blaster. Mr. T. Mr. Tizzle. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Ah, thank, thank you. Uh, Cindy Lauper. Captain Lou Albano, I bet. Captain Lou Albano. Hillbilly Jim. Johnny Valiant. Don Morocco. Junkyard Dog. Iron Sheik. Haiti Kid. Uh, the Wizard. Don't know. Uh, Kim Chi. Ricky Steamboat. Tito Santana. Jim Duggan. Oliver Humperdinck. Do you know, I read, did a little bit of reading on Oliver Humperdinck earlier. His Wikipedia picture, he's holding a bit big sword. And he looks like an interesting man. Brother of Engelbert, apparently. Um, yes. Superstar Billy Graham, Frenchie Martin, Ted DiBiase, Sensational Sherry, Zeus, Red Rooster, Dusty Rhodes, Honky Tonk oh. Man, Akeem, Big Boss Man, The Genius, Sapphire, Earthquake, Axe, General Adnan, Paul Bearer. Someone did say Paul Bearer, didn't they? Yeah. That was one yes. of your extras. He is there. Mr. Perfect. Then we've got the more recent ones. Queen Charmel, William Regal, Ranjin Singh, Matt Stryker, Cody Rhodes, Teddy Biossi Jr., Shad Gaspard, and JTG. There were two that I have held back just to give you a couple of extras. First of all, Cheryl Roberts, wife uh... of Jake the Snake. And secondly, mother of Junkyard Dog, Bertha Ritter. Oh, no. Stop oh, her. Um, that's the the uh the classic oh yeah that's annoyed me because I remember old uh, Rick Rude had the uh, had Mrs Roberts spray painting all the front of his tights didn't he yeah he did he did at some point it was at WrestleMania I think have we hang on a second mum I think we mum yeah mum sister dad we haven't got wife we need to find mom, we need to find mum sister dad we did have yeah, dad that was, did we yeah that was on Twitter mate ah. um. Oh, I see, Rick Rude. I see Rick Rude. I was trying to figure out what the fuck you were talking about. There. <laughs> yeah, cause there's 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 a picture of him with an absolutely repulsive goatee doing the rounds, and that's that's the, that's how he looks when he's trying to check your dad. Um, <laughs> but we do, yeah, we haven't got one. Well, we have got a very clear image of what he looks like when he's trying to shag someone's wife, but it doesn't compete with our algorithm, does it? Yeah. Like how you've put our algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just show's algorithm, isn't it? He's trying to pass off the responsibility of it now to yeah. other people. Yeah, he's trying to he's trying to blame us, isn't he? It certainly I'm is. I'm, not, I'm giving you credit because it's a great algorithm. <laughs> a flawless I'm not, algorithm. 
I'm not sure it's any kind of algorithm, quite frankly. Bloody is. Well, this has probably been the shortest episode we've ever done. Um, but I think that perhaps shows that we need to cut back on the Saturday night's main event episodes. Maybe. I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, but anyway, for the time being, old man, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. And thank you to everyone for joining us on Sunday night's main event. I forgot to get my intolerable plug in at the start that I like to use for Saturday night's main events. But don't worry about that. You just got to remember Saturday night main event headliner, Ken Patera. And Tom, thank you for your contributions as well. It was my pleasure. And it was yours. Um, before we go, one more, uh, one more Roddy Piper. <laughs> Come on, Junior. <laughs> That's what he says. He says Junior, that needs to be tossed part. So a bloody Arnold Schwarzenegger film, mate. This has been the Random Wrestling Review. We'll be back again next week with hopefully a far better show. But until then, take care. Take home the Gino Ginelli ice cream of Piazza Italia. Italian chic. Italian style. Italian verb. Italian cool. Tuffy bunch of chocolate. Mint chuck cheap. Tutti frutti, what a cutie. Take a Gino home with you. Gino, oh Gino, Gino.